sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. This is Simon Rose. Now it's time for the financial outlook for personal investors. I'm joined by Victoria Scholar, Head of Investment and Interactive Investor. We're going to be discussing the world of investment from a UK perspective. But we have to look at the states, don't we, um, Victoria, and particularly what the the Fed and subsequently the Bank of England have been doing with interest rates. Yeah, that's right. Well, let's start with the Fed because uh, that was on Wednesday night at the conclusion of its policy meeting and it raised rates by 75 basis points. So a jumbo uh, increase, which lifts its target rate to 3 to 3.5%, that's the range. And the Fed said that rates could go as high as around 4.5%, possibly even higher in its uh, fight against inflation. It's also uh, downgraded its economic projections for US growth. It's expected to slow to just 0.2% by the end of the year. And unemployment is expected to rise too. And we saw a significant market reaction. The dollar was trading at a two-decade high. We've seen huge demand for the greenback this year. Uh, We also saw a sell-off in the bond market and US stocks had a volatile ride as well, swinging between gains and losses and ultimately closing lower. It's been a real rough ride for US stock markets lately. The S&P is down by more than 8% over the last month. Mm. Um, I mean, the dollar, I mean, we look at the pound and how weak that seems to be, but of course, a lot of that is because of the strength of the dollar. Do we expect the dollar's strength to continue? I mean, the Americans sort of have an advantage in a sense, though they may not want a stronger dollar, but the the dollar obviously is the currency of last resort now. Um, So if anybody's, you know, fleeing into quality, that would always be the dollar. Yeah, I mean, it's clearly been the big trade of the year that we've seen serious strength for the US dollar against a whole range of currencies, whether that be the Japanese yen or the pound or uh, the euro. It's sort of uh, twofold. Firstly, it's driven by these interest rate differentials. We've seen aggressive rate hikes from the Fed that's improved the allure of the greenback. On top of that, we've got a backdrop of uncertainty. So it's this sort of flight to safety trade, um, risk off sentiment tends to drive demand for safe havens. Now, typically, the yen is a currency that gets bid up during volatile times. It's considered very much a safe haven asset. But given that the Bank of Japan is very much committed to this ultra-loose monetary policy, remember, without going too much into the history, it's historically dealt with deflation. That's been a much bigger problem for the Japanese economy Mm. than inflation. So, It's not overly concerned about inflation like we are here in the UK or like the United States is. So they're willing to allow a bit more inflation in Japan and they're not pushing interest rates up um, at all. Whereas here in the UK, we're seeing interest rates rise. ECB is raising rates. uh, The Fed is raising rates. Bank of Canada. A lot of major central banks are moving toward this monetary tightening uh, to combat inflation. So although the yen is typically a safe haven, this year, it's not acting as a safety asset. Let's. Um, we've got to look at the MPC, obviously, because we you know, we are based in Britain, so we, we you know, we've got to look at that's the most important yeah. uh, thing. But let us just take a quick break, and then we'll do that uh, when we come back. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio.
This is Simon Rose. Um, we're talking about the financial outlook for personal investors. Uh, with me is Victoria Scholar, Head of Investment at Interactive Investor. Um, so we're recording this on Thursday. We've had the MPC. They held their meeting um, over for one week because of the death of, uh, of the late Queen. So tell us what they decided. Well, it was interesting because there was a lot of talk about the Bank of England potentially raising rates by 75 basis points, which would be the biggest increase for 33 years. But it actually refrained from this hawkish hike. Instead, the central bank raised interest rates by 50 basis points to 2.25%. It's still the seven consecutive rate hike. Um, it's still an outsized um, lift versus the normal quarter point increment that the central bank would mm. typically um, move interest rates by, but it's not as aggressive as the markets were pricing in. But the bank rate is now at the highest level since 2008. Clearly, the Bank of England very serious about curtailing uh, the inflation problem with price levels just shy of 10%, which is sharply above the central bank's 2% target. Yes, they've reduced their projection for inflation slightly, haven't they? But as you've yes. said on previous occasions, raising interest rates is not going to help with much of the inflation that we've actually got and risks tipping the economy into recession. So presumably a very difficult decision, possibly reflected, reflecting the fact that, that, that they, they were not unanimous by any means. No, it was not unanimous. It was a five to four split. There were three... Uh, dissenters who voted for a more aggressive 75 basis point move. And then there was one that voted for a more moderate 25 basis point increase. But like you say, the central bank did downgrade its forecast. It's now expecting price levels to reach just under 11% in October before it's expecting prices to go above 13%. Um, but it said that third quarter GDP is expected to shrink which means that we are technically heading into a recession. I think what was quite interesting is um, Andrew Bailey's comments about the UK's energy price guarantee. He said that that's going to limit further inflation rises. So essentially, it's this government policy on energy that is improving the optimism from the central bank about the outlook for price levels. Yes, though, so, I mean, government <laughs> quite clearly tinker with inflation rates by doing something like that all, all the time. There are good reasons why it can't always do it. Um, Danny Blanchfeld, who was a member of the MPC, I mean, some considerable time ago, though he still trades on it, um, but he <laughs> um, he's actually been saying investors should short the pound. So what, what why is he saying that? Yeah, it was really interesting, actually, these comments that uh, the former rate setter made on Twitter basically suggesting that investors should short the pound. He says that uh, Liz Truss is living in gaga land economics and that she's pursuing disastrous economic policies that he's never seen in his 50 years of doing economics. Um, and, you know, the pound has already slumped to this lowest level since 1985. And he's saying even at these depressed levels, there's likely to be further downside for sterling, which I thought was uh, pretty interesting. Um, fascinating. Victoria, thank you very much. That's uh, Victoria um, Scholar, Head of Investment and Interactive Investor. Uh, we'll have more from the Financial Outlook for Personal Investors at the same time next week. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio.